This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm hosting the one and only Dr. Richard Blackaby. Hello, Sam. Good to see you today. It's always a pleasure. I had some fun playing with your little uh, your little Alice uh, baby today. Yeah, she's uh, six months old and... Uh, doesn't quit. She's like grins all the time. I know. I've never seen a kid with such big eyes and just grins and... Quite, quite the happy baby, which is, <laughs> makes us happy parents. It makes you happy. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got plenty to, to deal with with a uh, <laughs> your older one, <laughs> three year old. So that those are challenges, but uh, they've both been beautiful great. girls. Yeah, great yeah. joy to us. But uh, as with with anything, there's uh, d- challenges. Uh, yeah, and so my if for our listeners, uh, I know that my wife watches uh, both sets of grandkids uh, each week, and uh, yeah, and so it's always kind of fun when it's the Alice Day because she just comes over and just grins at everybody. Yeah, She's a real sweet kid. Yeah, she doesn't she doesn't run around and jump off of things and stuff yet. So, <laughs> um, well, you know, I've, I was thinking recently that. Uh, there's a lot. It seems like, at least in our culture today, there's a lot of emphasis on um, starting things, yeah. and uh, you know, there's this whole concept of startups, and that has sort of, I think, percolated into the the psyche of the general population, and this idea that you can start something and grow it into a multi-million or billion-dollar company, or you know, you just start a side hustle start uh organization whatever it may be but just this concept of of starting something and even we've talked about it uh some here as well but um there is uh, you know another side to that and that is um you know life is not just starting stuff yeah you got to end things too <laughs> exactly and, and and we've had a whole series on seasons but um mm-hmm. i think uh, today we want to look at uh, not not just starting new stuff, but but actually ending well. Yeah, and you've run uh, you run a couple of marathons, haven't you? How many? Yeah, uh, we did two, two two full marathons. Yeah, well, I've uh, I've not ever run a marathon full. Which marathon. run is maybe a generous <laughs> term? But I've uh, been there to cheer you guys on and uh, Daniel when you were coming in and. Uh, I'll tell you what, it is an interesting thing to uh, park yourself 26.2 miles down the road from a marathon and then watch people as they're coming into the finish line. And there's a whole array of different kinds of uh, responses. And some are kind of prancing on in, you know, like they just, they they come in strong. uh, They might have been limping around the corner, but when they come down the home stretch, they... (laughs) They step on the gas, and, yeah. and others are just hobbling in and gasping for breath and in obvious pain. And um, there's a lot. I was of, in that category. In you, case anybody <laughs> was wondering, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of different uh, ways that people. Even if you do end, you can end strong, or you can end weak. You can end in pain. You can end in vow. You'll never do that again. Uh, and uh, you know, when it comes to leadership you certainly see a wide array of different responses as well. You see some people that you just think that they're never going to quit. Um, they love what they do. They're good at what they're doing. And year after year, it seems as if they're still going in full stride. Mm-hmm. And then other people, they're counting the days and years down until they can retire and quit. 
and then there's just those that just fall by the wayside along the way. I don't know if they called an ambulance on you know mile 10 and uh, <laughs> never got to the finish line, but but there's a lot of folks who just never finish at all, and yeah. uh, they may have started out strong and they look good in their their running outfit, but uh, but stuff comes up along the way, and uh, and they fall by the wayside. And so I thought we'd just talk a little bit about that because that's not something that you decide you know, when you're about to turn 65 and you decide, okay, what am I going to do? So I, I, I finish strong. Now that's something you do when you're 25, 35, you're, mm-hmm. you're saying, what do I put in my life? What habits do I cultivate so that, uh, I, I finish strong. And I, I tell you, there's uh, we've talked a bit about this before, but I've, I've just known folks that coasted to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you're not doing your organization any favors by kind of just holding an office for the last three years until you can collect your retirement benefits. And I, I talk to people all the time that can tell you down to the month and the week and maybe how many days. I, I was with someone the other day that told me exactly how many days they had left till they retired. And, uh, you know, that's great if you've got great plans for retirement, but but hopefully in those final days, you're still giving it everything you have mm-hmm. and what you've been called to do, and you're not hurting your organization. And so I imagine that also that puts everyone under you if you are leading a team, uh, and if you're just if everybody knows you're counting down till you're out of there. That's kind of an awkward spot yeah, for everybody else. Because before long, they are all counting down the days too until you're out of there. Yeah. Because it's just no fun working under someone who's coasting, who's yeah. just counting the days till they get out. Who's mentally quit, but yeah, still they're still into taking the, the paycheck for a few more months. But you know, and I think about people in the Bible like Caleb. Uh, he famously is older now. One of the oldest people left. All the rest of his generation have died off except for Joshua. And uh, when they're getting ready to kind of divvy up the land, Caleb says, well, give me the mountain. Uh, and this is this is like the oldest, probably the guy left. Uh, and he's saying, give me the hardest thing. Uh, I, I want the biggest challenge. And I'm thinking to myself, most of us, when we're the oldest person in the room, are not looking for the biggest challenge still. Yeah, We're saying, hey, I paid my dues. I should get the easy assignment now. I should be coasting and have my foot up on my desk while the younger hires do the hard work. But what do you have to do? How do you have to conduct your life so that even in your old age, you're still excited about a new challenge? You're still dreaming about possibilities. You're still stretching yourself to do more than you ever have before. And there's several things I would say, just a couple of kind of general things uh, that we can practice. And, and these are these aren't just sort of silver bullets. These are just... Uh, just habits that you develop in your life um, along the way, in part perhaps to just save you a lot of wear and tear along the journey. And the first one is just simply feed your soul. If you if your soul is vibrant, if your walk with God is vibrant, it's amazing how your emotions uh, and even just physically, so many different areas of your life will feel the benefit of that. And no one can feed your soul but you. Uh, you're the one that has to do that. But, um, you know, I've known people that somewhere along the line, uh, they quit maybe having uh, extensive quiet times. That Maybe they quit journaling. They quit their prayer times the way they used to. They, they quit going to Bible studies. 
you know, they just kind of thought, hey, I've been, I've gone to lots of Bible studies. I, I'm probably going to just take a break now. Or I used to get up early and spend time with God, but I'm getting older. I need more sleep, whatever it might be. Um, and without even realizing it, you're, you're, you start to neglect your soul. And you can, and when your soul is neglected, your attitudes start to struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can be you can not even notice it, but you're becoming more cynical. You're becoming more negative. Uh, you're beginning to not think big and faithfully like you used to. Uh, and you, perhaps you're not as sensitive toward sin that creeps into your life and bad attitudes. Uh, and so I would just say a basic thing is, you know, your soul is really. Uh, in many ways, like a, a well-tended garden. It's uh, your soul. It's up to you what you do with it. Uh, do you cultivate it? Do you, do you nourish it? Do you, do you spend time with God going into the deep places of your life? Um, and so just, just cultivate that. Just, uh, I, I've been around people. You know, it's interesting. Recently, I was, uh, I was at a church, and uh, the pastor had been in a, a, a previous church, and uh, and he struggled with some of the older folks in that church. Uh, his previous church, a lot of the senior saints were kind of critical. They didn't really want to try anything new. Um, they didn't really want to change. They didn't really want to grow. They just kind of wanted to complain about how things were done. <laughs> Whatever you did, they weren't impressed, and and it just kind of wore the pastor out. And you just kind of think, well, you know, the oldest uh, church members, the people who've been Christians the longest, ought to be the most spiritual, the most godly. I mean, they've had the longest time to have their soul, their character uh, developed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, and yet these seem to be in large part kind of selfish, uh, critical, um, just uh, immature in a lot of ways. But, uh, but this pastor had, uh, in the last couple of years, moved to a different church, and he just told me everything's different. He said, the older folks here are the most gracious, kind, loving, encouraging people I've ever known. And you think, well, what, what's the difference? I mean, these people live in the same general city. Um, a lot of them are, are similar in a lot of things that they do, but... It was just a difference of some people had just been taught and discipled to keep growing and mm-hmm. uh, to keep their attitudes in check and to just be in love with Jesus and let him change them. And, and another group had not. And you could just kind of see the, the results over the years of those who had nurtured their soul, their walk with God, and those who hadn't. You know, a second thing I would just say is just travel light and and I and there's several uh, things uh, connected to that, but again, if you've ever watched people in a marathon, I've watched people that were like running along and they had long sleeve shirts on and a backpack, and uh, you know maybe they were carrying their cell phone and the water bottle on the other hand, and, <laughs> and it all seems fine in mile one, but by about mile fifteen, they're shedding stuff and, and yeah, dropping what, things and what can I run without? Uh, and you realize they just they were they were traveling not they weren't traveling light enough and and over time you realize do I really need this uh, what why what was I thinking when I put this on and now I've got to carry it and uh, and I think those who finish strong in life 
are people that didn't get too weighted down. And there's lots of ways you can get weighted down. I think one of the biggest ones is just um, with cares and concerns. Um, you know, First uh, Peter 5.7 is one of my wife's favorite verses. It says, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. And it's and uh, that attitude of, you know, we all have cares, we all have concerns, but but what God invites us to do is not, don't carry them yourself. They'll, they'll mm. weight you down. So cast them, like toss them onto God. And he's happy to take them and carry them for you. But he doesn't say, I'll come and take them from you. He says, you have to cast them. You've mm. got to release them. And I know lots of people that just will not release their cares and concerns. They, they want to hold them tight to their chest. And, uh, and over time, it, it wears them down. And so I would just say, you know, I've known some folks that just refused to get over uh, things that had happened to them. You know, we've all had people that hurt us, cheated us, lied to us, whatever. Uh, and it can bother you. And, it, for, you know, for a time, it can you can have to really process what happened. But I'll tell you what, if years later you're still mulling over that, you're still kicking yourself for that, you're still feeling embarrassed about that, they're just, you can't carry that kind of stuff year mm-hmm. after year. You got to just say, you know what, I made a mistake there, but I, I did everything I could to rectify it. I've you know made amends. I've asked God to forgive me. I've learned. I haven't done that since. And you know what, I just have to move on at this point. Uh, and you know, sometimes it can even just have to do with uh, things like possessions. You know, I've known, yeah. I know people that have lots of stuff and uh, they may have several houses and uh, lots of vehicles and so on in the cottage and none of that's bad. But, you know, I find that as you get older, you, you need less and less stuff. Yeah. I've, I've been kind of looking at my parents now and they've, they've really downsized from where they were a few years ago. And at this point, even downsized, it's at their age, it's just getting hard to keep up with with even what they do have. Mm. And you realize, you know what? The older you get, the less you really need, and the less you want to maintain, the less you want to repair, and the, the less you want to pay for, yeah. uh, the less you want to just have to keep dusting, <laughs> you know. And so I think there's just kind of a, a mindset. It doesn't mean you don't have anything or you don't have anything nice. But I, you know, sometimes if you're going to finish strong, you you don't want to be just distracted with lots of lots of stuff you have to maintain and ensure and keep up with and inventory in life. Uh, you want to just keep the most important things around you. And I've, I've noticed that with my parents. You know, every time they downsize some more, they're they're having to ask the questions. Well, what's the stuff that really matters to yeah. me? The first downsizing, I kept all my nice dishes. You know, the second time I gave some of those dishes away to grandkids and I'm just keeping these dishes. And the next time I think I'll get down to a set of four or six and that'll be it. And, you know, you, you just start to realize, okay, I think I'm not traveling as light, whether it's baggage I'm holding on to, possessions, uh, distractions. But I think to finish strong, and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people, as they get older, they don't finish as strong because they got too much stuff to maintain. Yeah. They're too distracted. They you lose focus over time, and uh, there's lots of reasons you can lose focus. But I think in part, it's as you get older, you just got more stuff to worry about. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good place to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Christ loves the church with an infinite, eternal love that is beyond our comprehension. Unfortunately, the church often doesn't function in a way that Christ intended. Many Christians fail to understand that God's ways are not their ways. 
and when we attempt to do God's work the world's way, the results are dissatisfying and even damaging. When a church seeks a new pastor, they stand at a crossroads. How that decision is handled will determine the church's future. Your Next Pastor is a guide that was written to help you seek your next pastor in ways that both protect the health of the church and give great hope and blessings for the future. Pick up your copy today at blackabystore.org. Links will be in the show notes. Well, there's there's nothing like a uh, a move to help one uh, realize what's important and what's not important, and start to shed all that extra baggage and weight of stuff in your house. Um, but I imagine there are some other ways too that we can uh, lighten our load and and trim down our 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 baggage so that we can finish strong as leaders. Yeah, you know, a third one, a little bit different, is just uh, foster a sense of humor. I've I've thought a bit about this of late, even in terms of Jesus. You know, I I think we mentioned I've been watching The Chosen, or I Mm -hmm. did watch it. And and I I do like the way that they have portrayed Jesus um, with a sense of humor. I I would love to have known what Jesus' laugh sounded like. I kind of feel like he had the kind of laugh that probably just sort of really lifted the whole room, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he took pleasure in those things. And, and, and Jesus would have had some really uh, sobering uh, realities about him. He, he's got a Judas in the room. He knows he's going to betray him one day. He knows he's got a cross waiting for him at Calvary. He knows that he's got Pharisees and critics and self-righteous religious leaders constantly just watching his every move and listening to every word to try to catch him. And yet, you know, he didn't let that just get, that could have just been such a downer, you know, that he just kind of trudged along day by day knowing, well, what's the point? Yeah, I'm going to get betrayed anyway. (laughs) That's a a real recipe to become an Eeyore, I think, if you know your... But, you know, I just find that you've got to, and some of that you got to foster. It's funny because, you know, when when you watch good comedians, the interesting thing about them is that what they talk about is what everybody's experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had someone one time say to me, I'd preached a sermon and told some funny story, and they were saying, well, Richard, you're just, you're just fortunate because you've had so many funny things happen to you. But I remember saying, well, yep, the stories I told are, are not, you know, unusual. Like, they, it's not like, I, well, yeah, I was in the White House and, you know, this happened. It, just, it was just ordinary stuff. It's just that... Some people notice the funny things that happen in normal life, and others don't. Yeah. But well, we, and it, some of it too is it's not funny at the time. Like yeah. you, you weren't laughing when the boys were <laughs> dinging up your garage door with right. hockey pucks. But but you look back <laughs> later and you say, I can either be upset about that yeah. or I can see what's funny about that. And I just find uh, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. You, you have to. And there there are times I'll just. Think of something, um, you know, it might be into the evening, I'm working on something or doing something, and then you think of something funny, and you just kind of, I, I've just burst out laughing at times, just thinking about something, and you just realize, um, you know what, if you're not laughing along the journey, you're going to just get discouraged, and you're going to become cynical, and, and that's why it's also just good to have certain people in your life that you can just kick back with, and uh you know, I, I'm fortunate because I get to work with f- family and friends uh, at Blackaby Ministries, and and you get to a certain point in your life, and you just want to kind of have people around your life that you enjoy, that you can laugh with, that you you don't have to take everything so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think you know if you can do that, it makes it a lot easier to stay in the game. You know, you're having a good time. Like why why 
check out. I, this has been fun, and I, I have fun with who I work with. And so just foster that sense of, uh, of humor. And a, and a fourth thing is just view your life in the proper context. Uh, sometimes we get too serious because we, we kind of don't see things the way they really are. You know, uh, for most of us, the jobs that we're in today – We'll retire from at some point. Like this isn't going to be the rest of our life. So, mm-hmm. so while we're in this job, um, you know, it's not the it's not our entire world. Our our world's bigger than that. And because that sale didn't happen, and because I didn't get that promotion, uh, because you know various things, uh, that's just a part of my life. That's not all of my life. And so, hey, I do the best I can here. Uh, each day, I I you know I come in and I I give it my all, but. Uh, but my life's bigger than that, and uh, and so I, I I want to always just kind of keep my life in, in proper perspective, mm-hmm. and and part of that perspective is knowing that one day I'll I'll give an account to God for what I've done and how I managed what He gave me, and uh, and so you know there's a lot to be said about you know when I when I when I see people that just kind of lose heart in their calling their work, uh, a lot of times they've lost perspective. They're not seeing it as a calling of God. They're not seeing it as God wired me to do this and to do it well. And God uh, blesses other people when I do my job well, when I use the skills he's given me. Instead, it's just more about how many more years do I have to do this? And uh, I didn't get the same increase in pay I was expecting this year. And and you, you, you begin to get too small a view of mm-hmm. your life and what's going on. Um, and then uh, also a fifth thing is just keep an eye on God's activity. And it's kind of another way of saying keep the right perspective. But a lot of what's going to keep you in the game is not necessarily that you sold a bunch more products this year, but that you saw God doing stuff. Mm. Uh, maybe you got to witness uh, to a customer about Christ, or you had an employee whose marriage was on the rocks, and you were able to intervene and help them get counseling, and now everything is great again. And they, they every time they see you, they thank you for how you helped them, or you know, you, you had a business trip uh, internationally and you got to uh, help out a church or a missionary while you were there. And you, you, you begin to realize that you're not just earning a living. You're fulfilling a calling and God is at work all over the place. And I'll tell you what, that'll keep you in the game too. I, I know people literally that they have all the money they could ever need. They, they don't need to earn another dime. But they, they, stay, they keep working anyway because they, they, it gives them a platform. Uh, to mm-hmm. serve God, to build His kingdom, to to have resources to invest in God's work, and uh, to host event events that bless the city, and so on, and um, and so yeah, when you when you keep your eye on what God's doing, you it's it's always exciting. There's always something new and something fresh that God's up to, and uh, and so just putting in an, another year at work might not be something that just rivets you year after year, but. But when you see what God's doing through your work and through the people you meet and encounter in your work, now that gets exciting. Uh, and just a couple of last things to say. Uh, a sixth thing is just uh, savor the simple pleasures. Uh, and, you know, I, I've kind of found in life, there, there's, there's some real special mountaintop highs you get now and then that are just uh, maybe a, a very special trip, a special opportunity that is kind of a once in a lifetime thing and th- those are great those are those are wonderful when they come but that's not usually typical of your life you may go a whole year or two or a decade without some of those 
But there's lots of simple pleasures. There's lots of simple delights. Uh, you know, I, sometimes it could be as simple as just, uh, you know, sitting in your living room with a nice cup of coffee and listening to the kids just playing together nicely and, or the sound of laughter and, with children. Or I'm sure for you, just going out in the back 40 there and just uh, <laughs> listening yeah. to the animals or, you know, in the morning, just watching the sun come up. Or, well, my wife and I were just talking this morning, actually, about how nice it would be to just uh, take some time in the morning and sit on. We have a front porch that's that's open, hmm. and uh, just sit there with a cup of tea or coffee and your Bible. And you know, we're very much surrounded by nature, and it's yeah. And especially as parents of young kids, it's like that serenity first thing in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's a real simple uh, pleasure for sure. Yeah, you know, and we're in the process. We've been over a, a, a kind of a marathon here, but we're slowly working at building a bit of a sunroom in mm-hmm. the back of our house. And we don't have a big backyard, but we uh, have a number of mature trees back there. And and uh, our goal has really been to kind of do that where it's it's air it's climate controlled but yeah just all windows back there looking out on trees and birds and squirrels and flowers and uh and just uh, in the morning to just take take a moment to just look at, at nature drink your coffee read the bible sometimes just getting up in a beautiful morning and having time to read your bible and just know yeah. you're not in a hurry today um can you know, I there there are days uh, when I don't have a book deadline or something looming that, uh, which just, those days seem to be yeah, very not few often. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't describe my current uh, status, but uh, but sometimes to, to to come into my office and know, okay, today I could read a book, I could write on a book, I could I could do whatever I want today. I don't have anything pressing. All my pressing chores are caught up, and today I can just do what I want to do today. Wow. And then I feel great. It's not no deadline. Uh, and I think sometimes we, we run right past those moments that really we could savor and enjoy. And, uh, and I, I find that people that just seem to go year after year, um, still going strong are the people that, you know, sometimes what we do is we, we hold off all of our pleasure till we retire. It's like, if I can just, (laughs) keep sprinting to that finish line, then I'm going to start living. And you can't do that. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to the finish line, you you realize you squandered your only life. Uh, you've got to enjoy those uh, those ordinary moments, savor them as you go. could be nothing more than a sunset that you just stop and notice. And you just take a moment to breathe it in. You know, it doesn't have to be a long moment even, but you just see something special in nature or God just puts a a really profound thought on your heart and you just stop and ponder it for a moment or you just have a real special time with your spouse or with a child or grandchild and and before you just race on you just stop and think wow you know that was that was awesome my god is good this life is good and you know you you, you sort of intersperse those moments throughout your life and you'll still be going strong you'll still be getting up in the morning looking forward to what other simple pleasures God might have for you. Mm-hmm. And then maybe just two last ones. Um, just don't worry. Uh, don't let your a worry just is sort of a pandemic at times where it sort of can spread and be caught from others and 
people are, there's always some alarmists that want to tell you what you should be worrying about right now. Do you know that they found uh, somewhere in the deep recesses of Africa that someone in a tiny village has this disease and it could become a pandemic across the world? It's like, well, you know, there's lots of things that could happen, but uh, a lot of what worry is, is being anxious about stuff that might happen, but isn't happening yet. And, uh, and worry is kind of wasting a lot of good concern over things that aren't even true yet. And uh, it could happen. You might want to be prepared. But um, but uh, most of the time, I would say our worries don't come to pass. And uh, so we've just wasted a lot of joy, a lot of time. We could have invested better uh, worrying. And so, you know, y- as you go through life, Address real problems, change things that you can change, but don't sit there and worry and just waste emotional energy uh, with stuff that's not even going to take place anyway. And and there are people that just, we, we can imagine and uh, think of all kinds of scenarios that could happen. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I just encourage you to be much more pragmatic to just deal with what is, not what might be. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is just, just guard your heart because we've talked about this again uh, before as well, but stuff creeps in. And I just don't want to get to the end of my leadership uh, ministry and be a cynical, negative, critical person, mm. uh, kind of criticizing the generation behind me, criticizing who went before me, uh, not expecting much of anything to happen, uh, a pessimist. I that you, you Most people don't just... They're not born that way. Uh, most people, when they become a negative, cynical, critical kind of person, are people that just didn't guard their heart and stuff yeah. crept in and turned them sour, turned them negative. And there were all kinds of warning signs. Uh oh, I've got some garbage that's gotten into my heart here. Um, but they didn't do anything about it, and uh, they didn't they didn't address it. They didn't weed it out. And so it just kind of spread like gangrene over time. And eventually they've just got a sour, negative heart now. And, uh, and so it's, and that's why it's so good to meet with God because God, the Holy Spirit is fully aware of anything that's creeping in. And if you listen to him, he, he knows how to help you keep your heart clear. And um, I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful thing. If you, if you get to know maybe a senior saint, that has spent their whole life weeding out negativity from their heart, just filling it with the love of God and God's word. I'll tell you what, those are delightful people to be around because yeah. they just, they've kept perspective. They know what matters. They know what doesn't. Uh, they savor those special times of fellowship with others and, and encounters with God. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, now and then I think you don't, like, as we said, you don't, you don't wait until you're going to retire and then say, okay, what do I, what, button do I push to kind of reset this mess of a life I've developed over the years? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a series of habits where you you just develop some healthy ways of living. So you, you keep the negative stuff from getting in in the first place. And if it does get there, you don't leave it very long. Yeah. Well, this is, these are some great uh, practical tips to finishing well and, and not waiting till the end to, <laughs> to finish well, but, but doing it, uh, early on and and make that a habit. So thank you for taking us through this, Richard, and until next time. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.